0: Thanks, Alice. If you can keep your Bibles open to Psalm 23 as we go through this. And I'm sorry, um, the sermon pointers in your uh, outline, they're all wrong. (laughs) This this is what happens when uh, you work hard on Saturday afternoon um, to fix things. Um, So we now have different points, so please ignore the uh, points. Um, But let's pray that that won't derail you, that God will speak to us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you are the good shepherd. We thank you that you are God who is worthy of trusting, trusting with every moment of our lives. And we pray that you will speak to us and let us know who you are, that we may live our lives to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a difficult few months. A Malaysian airline plane crashes in the middle of the ocean and another one from the shot down from the Ukrainian skies. Israel and Gaza, they have been in conflict, which has killed hundreds of people, many of them children. Racial profiling and shooting in the U.S., Syrian crisis that's spilling out refugees still. Nigerian school girls kidnapped, Iraq Christians being killed and driven out. One of the most beloved movie stars, suicide. And we ask God, God, are you sure about all this? And of course, it's a legitimate question. A part of us asks because it's just hard as we face these things, as we face difficult issues in our lives. Another part believes that this is unfair. Good people are supposed to be rewarded and bad people are supposed to be punished. And in our moments of doubt, in our moments of hubris, we might ask ourselves, God, I think I can do this better. I could, we imagine a world where we could run things better than God. What do you do? What do you do when life gets tough? When things get bad? When we look at the world and think, this whole world is a disaster. My life is a disaster. Do we start questioning God? His goodness? Even His existence? At these times, do we grow closer to God or do we walk away from God? I think this, this is the thing about this psalmist. Psalmist trusts God. His confidence is in God alone to lead him through the valley of shadow of death. He fears no evil because God is with him and his rod and staff comfort him. And here's a thing to remember as we go through valley of shadow of death. When the world seems bleak and dark without hope, you have to remember first that God is God and we are not. The psalmist trusts God because he had the right perspective of who God is and who He is. You see, he thought that the uh, God was His uh, His shepherd and He the sheep. And when we confuse this, and when we think that we should be the shepherd, we could be the shepherd. We start questioning God's goodness. And you see, when Bible, when the Bible calls us His sheep, this is not a flattering statement. Sheep. Um, I remember. You, I don't know if you remember saying uh, uh, hear, um, hearing Alex say this. If sh- sheep, if they weren't domesticated, they would long have been extinct. They have no natural protection. They're fluffy. They they can't run fast. They don't have fangs. They don't. They have many predators because they're delicious. And unfortunately, they're dumb. This past Thursday, when the church staff uh, was discussing the sermon, Keturah told the story of the time when her family was going on a, a English uh, countryside, walk around the English countryside. And they saw the sheep stuck in between this stone fence. Apparently, he wanted to see what was on the other side and he stuck his head in and, and couldn't get out. And so, Apparently, the, the, uh, the, her brother and her father had to lift up the sheep and put it on the other side to rescue it. Now, everybody was slightly chuckling at the story, and I was chuckling slightly nervously, because this isn't too far from the things that I did a long time ago. I won't tell you exactly how many years ago, but I remember sticking my head into a fence, and it's just that, you know, the, the way that your ears are shaped, it goes in well, but actually coming out is a lot more difficult they bend easily one way but not the other way my point is we are like sheep not just me but all of you as well sure there are sheep here that are more clever than me actually clever you would have said but all the sheep we are all sheep in comparison to our lord even the brightest person here even the brightest minds that the world has produced in comparison to god's great wisdom is nothing God sees everything and God knows all things. God knows all ways. He is the shepherd and we are the sheep. So when we ask questions, what's the right path? God, are you doing things right? How do we know what the right path is? Does the sheep know where they're supposed to go? Should the sheep doubt the shepherd's wisdom? It's when we think we should be the shepherd. We start doubting God. So the first step of trusting God um, is to have that right perspective. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So trust him in times of good and plenty. And this might be actually harder than you think. Because it is easy to say that the Lord is my shepherd when things are going well, when th- in the times of plenty. The psalmist has seen those times as well here. He says that God has made him lie down in green pasture and let him beside the quiet waters. He recalls a time of refreshment when his soul was restored. Maybe it was a t- stretch of the time when there's nothing wrong going on in his life, when um, his career, family, relationship, church, and everything was going well. And he felt that God was so good to him that he didn't deserve it. And he was thankful. And he had that time of refreshment. God restored my soul, he says. He says God was his source of comfort, not the things that God has provided for him. And is that true for us? Is that true for us? In times of plenty, do we trust God? Is our security and comfort found in God? Because sometimes that's very difficult to tell, especially in times of good. I was listening to an interview with an ex-drug dealer who had millions of dollars in $100 bills in his house. He said that he would sometimes spend an afternoon counting his money, these $100 bills, and that it would give him a sense of peace and serenity. He liked it. He enjoyed it. And then I wondered, are we all that different from this drug dealer? Isn't that what we do in the Times of Plenty? we look at our bank statements and feel secure and safe because there's money there. We look at all the things that God has provided in our life and rather than finding security and praising God, finding security in God who has provided these things, do we find our security in the things that God has provided? Do we trust God as our source of security, provision, guidance in the times of plenty when everything is going well? Sometimes it's difficult to tell But one indicator might be whether we are thankful, whether we're thankful. To see whether we're complaining or we're thankful, are we grateful. If we believe that God has provided things for us, we would be grateful for for the things that he has has provided. We We wouldn't feel so entitled and complain about things that we don't have because we know that God has provided these good things for us. Another indicator might be whether we're truly depending on God in times of good, is whether we pray, whether we pray. You know, prayer comes naturally when you get into trouble, doesn't it? Don't you? When we have nowhere to turn, when we are at our wits end, when we feel helpless, we turn to God. We have to depend on God, so we pray. But do we pray regularly in the times of plenty, when things are going well? If we believed that all these good things are things that God has provided for us, that we depend on, on God for these things, wouldn't we go to him in times of good and plenty and continue to pray and depend on him? This is one of the reasons I would love for more people to come to Shatin Church prayer meeting. This happens this Friday, 730 It's not that we have any big problems. I'm not asking you to come and say, pray for the big trouble that we're in. We're not in big trouble. God has blessed us and God has been good to us. But we don't take that for granted. We are a church that depends on God. So we want to come together to pray to God, to plead with God, to continue providing for us. That we It's a sign of dependence. So trust him in times of plenty in green pastures and beside beside quiet waters, but also trust him in times of bad, times of difficulties. The psalmist, after he goes through the the green pasture and quiet waters, says in verse 3, he guides me along the right path for his namesake. The King James Version and the version that we read from the Olden Ivy, 1984 version, says, paths of righteousness. But that's a bad translation which the new NIV, new, uh, newer NIV fixes because it doesn't make sense really for the sheep to be led to the path of righteousness. It's the, it really means right path, correct path. Especially in Israel where water is scarce and the land is threatening. God had led the sheep or the shepherd needs to lead the sheep to the right path. And while we often imagine the right path to be a comfortable path, that's also not where always God, God always leads. And this is why the next verse is so surprising. He goes on to say that he had led him to the valley of shadow of death, in verse 4. Right after, he says that God leads him to the right path, he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. You see, sometimes that's the right path. He could have died there. That shadow could be seen and felt It's full of darkness. Evil was lurking. There were enemies, as we see in verse 5, but God led him there. Why? I think it's because we sometimes don't really know whether we really trust in God or in things that God has provided unless we go through the valley of shadow of death. In times of good, I might say I love God, but we might be fooling ourselves. Countless people, when difficult times come, they walk away from God. They question his existence. They question his goodness. They say that the Lord was their shepherd, but he wasn't. And The thing is, they might really have believed this in times of good, but in the times of testing, the impurities rise to the surface. So God might put us through trials, so we might become aware where really our source of confidence is. And it seems that, that that was true for this psalmist as well. Did you notice the change in the pronouns in this psalm? The first three verses, the psalmist describes God in third person, he. He provides, he, he makes me lie down, he leads me. And of course, by end of the psalm, a psalmist God, a psalmist addresses God directly. He calls God you. You prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. It becomes personal. And did you notice when the change of the pronoun occurs? He to you. It's in verse 4. It's in verse 4. As he walks through the valley of shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. It's as if there is change in perspective. It's as if he got scared. And like a child going through pitch darkness, he sidles up to the Lord and grabs him by his hand. He leans and relies on God. God no longer is a theory, but a personal source of comfort, provision, and protection. God becomes personal to him. You are with me. Bad things happen to Christians. It's just the way it is. Those who say that when you become a Christian, all these bad things go away, They're well-intentioned, but they're mistaken. You know that through experience. You know that through scripture. He will make all things right in the end when Jesus comes back. But until Jesus comes, evil will be here on this earth. Bad things will happen, even to good people, even to the best of people. But in those times, God is with us. His rod and staff will comfort us. And what this psalmist says, he lacks nothing in verse one. It doesn't mean that he actually lacked nothing, that he had everything that he wants or everything that even he needs. What he's saying is he can go through everything because he has God with him. So do you trust God in the times of difficulties? If we trust, if we trusted in God in times of difficulties, what does that look like? I think it means that we will keep going we will keep going, clinging to him, looking to him, and not abandon him. It means that we would keep going, doing the right things when the trials come, even if it's costly. If we trusted God, and if we trusted that God is with us, we would know that it's more honorable to fail than to cheat, better to suffer than to lie, to lose integrity, to lose with integrity than to, uh, than to win having dishonored God we would continue doing the right things in these difficult times. Finally, trusting in God, I think, it means that we wouldn't wallow in self-pity and self-centeredness in the times of difficulty. When, when trouble comes, we become very self-centered. We often lose perspective of God altogether, and we suddenly take the center stage of the whole universe. We ask, God, why are you doing this to me? Why, are, why, why is the whole universe conspiring against me? We lose perspective of the fact that we are mere sheep in God's good world, that we can't understand everything, that we're still dearly beloved by this mighty God. Those who depend on God would get through looking to Him, looking to His goodness and faithfulness and not be swept away by self-pity. But you might be asking, why should I trust God? I feel like I've been burnt before. I trusted God to get me through, but I feel like He let me down. How can I be sure that He won't this time? How can I be sure that if I hold on to His hand, He won't let me fall? Well, it seems partly that this psalmist has known something of God through his experience. He had this personal experience of God's rescue and he praises God and he says, I will trust you not bit, uh, with the future as well in verse 6. Surely his goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm sure you've had those experiences as well. God's rescue, God's answered plan, changed circumstances, for God has been so good to you. Remember those things. But actually there's more in this psalm. Did you notice all the language of Exodus here in this psalm as well? There is a historical dimension, historical illustration of God's wisdom and power and faithfulness and love here. This psalm is filled with Exodus language. It's in the very image of the shepherd God leading a flock in the middle of a desert. As newly formed nation of Israel wandered through the desert for 40 years, in Moses' final sermon to the Israelites, Moses tells them they had lacked nothing, which this psalmist echoes in verse 1, not lacked a thing. Even the phrase, his namesake, is associated with Exodus in Psalm 16. It was the Lord who led Israel to the water, through the right path. Through the valley of shadow of death, the Lord protected the Israelites from harm and comforted them in the times of danger. He wrote in verse six, the psalmist writes in verse six, surely his goodness and love will follow him, follow me. And that love, um, that word love in the, in Hebrew is hesed. And you might have heard a sermon on this, um, before. Hesed, which is especially associated, associated with the covenant love, covenant faithfulness of God. God had made this promise to Abraham and his, to his people. And in his faithfulness, in his love for his pe- people, he kept that promise by rescuing them from Egypt. But, so there is that exodus event. But, of course, that exodus event, as great as it was, that deliverance was only a mere foreshadowing of the greater exodus event that would come in Jesus and I'm sure that Jesus had Psalm 23 in mind when he declares in, t- in John 10:11, ele- I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. The psalmist sang of God who went through him through the valley of shadow of death he sang of God who delivered a nation out of israel out of his covenant love but he didn't know god like we do he doesn't know god who could who stripped himself and became a man he couldn't even imagine that god would do this how could he when his deference for god is so great that he wouldn't even call god by his name yahweh he says lord He couldn't imagine that God would become a human being. He couldn't have known that he would live as one of us and walk amongst us and talk with us. He couldn't have imagined how we could reject him and crucify him and how he would still love us. He couldn't have imagined that. But we know God that way. And instead of going through the valley of shadow of death with us, Jesus went through death for us. So we might not have to walk that path. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. It has been terrible months, few months. How can we trust him? Well, trust him because he is the shepherd and we are his sheep. Trust him because he knows the right path. Trust him because he has been good to us personally. Trust him because he has shown how faithful and loving he is to us, how trustworthy he is by fulfilling that promise made to Abraham, bringing people, a nation out of Egypt. Trust him because he has shown that he loves us by dying for us. And trust him because the way that he has done that shows that the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is... Is stronger than human strength. Trust him because he is good. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you are the good shepherd. Lord, it has been a terrible few months with things that are happening around the world that make us question your goodness. Lord, there are people here going through things right now, difficulties that seem too difficult um, to bear. Lord, help us never to lose our perspective. Help us to know you as our shepherd. Help us to be reminded of your goodness and what you have done for us in the past. What you have done for us as we can see in the scripture. Help us to be reminded of your goodness and your son, Jesus, that we may never question your goodness. And may we trust you as we, in times of good, and as we, may we trust you as we go through the valley of shadow of death. And send us your Holy Spirit, Lord. For we are weak, so speak to us through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.